From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we take a deeper look at stories from our radio newsrooms across the nation. Today on Deadline is looking at the 2024 election and what it means for America, since it appears that we'll be facing nearly the same slate of candidates as we did four years ago. With the 2024 election just months away, all polls point to a former President Donald Trump and current President Joe Biden matchup. While Trump and Biden have managed to maintain their top choice places in their respective parties, polls also show deep discontent about their return to the campaign trail. An Associated Press NORC poll conducted between November 30th and December 4th of last year found that 56% of adults would be very or somewhat dissatisfied with Biden as the Democratic nominee. 58% of adults said that they would be very or somewhat dissatisfied with Trump as the Republican nominee. Trump has nearly 100 criminal charges and four federal indictments weighing him down. Biden, on the other hand, has faced a challenge in the form of his son Hunter's legal issues. Democrats have thrown their weight behind Biden, even though many are worried by the fact that he'll be 86 years old at the end of another term. And Trump is just a few years younger than the president. So how would this rematch go? According to a poll from The Hill and Emerson College polling, Trump is narrowly leading Biden 46 to 44 percent among all voters. This appears to be about the same for most polls. Others look to key demographics to see where support for each man is coming from. An Axios Generation Lab survey found that Biden's lead amongst Gen Z is waning, with more young people supporting the idea of a second Trump term over four years with Biden again. A top issue listed for many voters is the economy, and it appears to be playing a major role in who voters want in office. Jerry Davis, who serves as faculty advisor to the poll, joined Odyssey to discuss the current political divide and how it could impact our next election. Can you define these alternative realities? So one of the things that becomes really clear from the polls is that if you ask Biden and Trump voters about basic facts about the economy, they come up with really different views on things. And it's not just that they have different opinions. It's that they have different understandings of basic facts like has unemployment gone up or down? Has the stock market gone up or down? So they really seem to be living in different realities. Why do you think that is? I mean, if it's right there on the evening news every night when they show the numbers of the stock market and it shows an arrow going up and it's up 2%, why do they not believe that that's factual? Yeah, one possibility is that they're just really following different news sources. And it could also be that when pollsters ask questions, Trump voters want to say negative things and Biden voters want to say positive. It's a little bit tricky to tell exactly why, but they seem to be following different news sources and having really different views of, as you said, you can pull out your phone and see how the stock market's been doing for the last few months and say, yeah, pretty good. That's not the view you're going to get from uh, Trump voters. It's a little bit of a head scratcher, though. If somebody's got money in the bank and food in the fridge and they're able to take a vacation and they can pay their mortgage or rent, why would they say the economy's terrible? Uh, I mean, and, and let's let's say they're not being polled by it, but just just in general, is that how they're thinking? 
So that's a really good question and one that's important for us to think about when considering what to make of polls. So if someone calls you up and says, Dan, do you think unemployment's gone up or down since Biden became president? It could be that you want to give a negative answer, not because you think that's really the truth, but that in some sense you're just sort of trolling. That if people aren't answering polling questions sincerely, it's really hard to know what to make of the polls. So I think that's a bit of a head scratcher. Are people telling us what they really think? Think, or are they giving something more like sort of a partisan opinion? Yeah. Do you, do you think this is something that can change with age as, as people get older, or does this stay with them for most of their life? You know, one of the most interesting things that we found in, in one of the recent polls was that retirees were among the most accurate people. <laughs> so if you look across all demographic groups, retirees were the ones most likely to get it right that unemployment has gone down, that the stock market has gone up. So it doesn't seem to be the case that older people are, are becoming less accurate. With Trump's victory in South Carolina last week, many have started to wonder when his last major opponent will leave the race. That opponent is former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley. She's remained adamant that she'll not step out of the race until it's finished, even despite a devastating loss in her home state. She was the governor of South Carolina. Haley explained to Odyssey station WCCO in Minneapolis Tuesday that her candidacy is about raising a red flag for Republicans. To share more on why Haley is sticking around, Dave Dulio, a political science professor at Oakland University, joined Odyssey. So far, Nikki Haley says she's staying in the race. You know, she's sticking around just in case. And, you know, should something extraordinary happen where Donald Trump uh, isn't going to be the Republican nominee, which seems pretty far-fetched at this point, but if something like that were to happen, then she would be able to claim that mantle and, um, and, and probably, you know, keep it away from anybody else. The polling so far, as you know, Dave, has is, is pretty much shown uh, the race is close, but actually Trump with a with a lead over uh, President Biden in Michigan and, and other states. The question is, though, does this really reflect um, a lot of, say, the young voters? We know the people who come out in the primaries, typically 60 to 70 percent, are, are over 60 years old. So uh, do you think the young vote will eventually play a role in November? Well, I think what we're seeing in the survey data, not just here in Michigan, but but nationally, shows that the the Biden campaign has a, a real problem with with young voters. They uh, uh, they don't like the fact that he's 81 years old. Uh, they think he's he's too old, like much of the country. And and I. I you know, they, they also are attracted, I think, to some other candidates. RFK Jr., for um, for instance, I think is, is going to see a – and he's getting 10, 11 percent here. You know, I think that, that young voters are, are looking for an alternative, and, and I think that that's a, that's a real concern for, for Joe Biden and his advisors. Well, let, let's face it, though. Really, it's two old men running against each other, 81 and 77. <laughs> no that, you know, this disenchants a lot of voters, doesn't it? Do you think this might suppress – voter turnout because the polls have also shown people really don't want 
either one of these candidates running. For me, that's the story of this of this cycle so far, right, is that, number one, huge majorities of, of Americans, 60, 70 percent, say that they don't want a Trump-Biden rematch, yet that's what they're going to get, right? And, and in fact, these days in American politics, you can't get 60 or 70 percent of the country to agree on anything except the fact that they don't want these two guys as their main choices. So I, and you, you couple that with the overwhelming percentages who are interested in a third party or another alternative at the top of the ticket. And, and you get this really interesting scenario where, you know, it's, it's, it's more uncertain than ever. But at the same time, I think you'll see I don't think you'll see a, a, a huge drop off in in turnout just because folks know that that there's a, a, a it really matters who wins this election. Right. I mean, the, 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 you almost couldn't have two different candidates with the, the maybe the most stark choice we've seen in, in, in a long time. Trump may have a commanding lead over Haley, but Biden's lead over his Democratic competitors is even greater. However, this isn't stopping Minnesota Democratic Representative Dean Phillips. Phillips, who has long been a critic of Biden and other older politicians who have been in office for decades, is attempting to sway voters from Biden in an effort to change the election entirely. During a recent interview with Odyssey, Phillips touched on several things, including, and this might come as a surprise, a possible team-up with Haley. Some of this, not all of it, far, far from all of it, but some of this started in the summer of 2022 when I asked you in July, do you want Joe Biden to run for re-election? And you said no, that he has served his country but it's time to make this transition. At that point, you were running for re-election in your seat, uh, a, a seat that you would run, that you would win handily. You were a visible person in Congress. You still were young. You could have had uh, aspired to more important positions. Are there times when this has been most difficult, when you have regretted this pursuit? And if not, why? Not not a single moment, Chad. And yes, has this been a difficult and some days painful uh, mission on which I find myself? Absolutely. But you know, I, I lost my father in the Vietnam War. A million Americans gave their lives to our country defending us. The least I can do is take the attacks and the arrows uh, from people who know better. And uh, while it is indeed difficult some days, uh, it is based on principle. And I've not had a single moment where I've regretted I'm not doing this. In fact, that moment in July 22, when you asked me that question, I answered honestly. Uh, it developed immediately a backlash from many in my own party that I would have the mm-hmm. audacity yes. to say the truth. And that was two years ago, almost at least a year and a half ago. And no, not not a yep. single day, Chad. In fact, it was you that provoked exactly the discussion that I've been trying to provoke amongst others now for a year and a half. And frankly, the recent uh, her special counsel's report validates and affirms the very reason that I made that comment back in July of 2022. Joe Biden is a good man. I think he led our country ably. You can have differences of opinion about his policies, but at his stage in life, and frankly, at Donald Trump's stage in life, these are not men actuarially positioned to ably lead our country into the future. And neither of them will be around living in that future. 
So I don't want to just talk about Joe Biden here. I mean, the truth is Donald Trump is a dangerous man and, and who lacks empathy and good character and is only a few years younger. But his stage in life appears to be quite a bit younger. That's the truth. But no, I've never regretted it. What I've regretted is the unwillingness of people who know better in positions of power to speak the truth. And they're so focused on their own reelections, Chad. It's just astounding. I never intended this to be a career. Uh, this is public service. Our founders intended it to be something uh, about meeting the moment, serving your country, and letting others do the same thing. And I think the fact that uh, Senator Klobuchar is running for another reelection uh, is, is absurd. I think that Joe Biden's been in Washington for 50 years. Absurd. I think the fact that Nancy Pelosi is running again. Absurd. If something shocking happened and Nikki Haley is the Republican nominee and it's Joe Biden or Nikki Haley, and Nikki Haley is much younger, she's much newer to this compared to Joe Biden and many of the points you've made, would you consider voting for Nikki Haley? Well, let, let me first of all, let me say this. I, I, I would the question to this, Chad, wouldn't all your listeners be more compelled by maybe Nikki Haley and Dean Phillips getting together on a unity ticket and actually doing for the first time, perhaps in our country's history, what most Americans really want, which is cooperation, collaboration, participation, decency, common sense? leadership. So I'm going to turn the question that way, because there's no way Nikki Haley will become the nominee in the GOP. And the fact of the matter is right now, the Democratic Party doesn't want competition and seems to want to coordinate Joe Biden. Let's hey. say she ran as an independent. You would run as her VP? I think it's a conversation that uh, uh, Ambassador Haley and, and I should have, if that's what this comes down to. In the event of a Donald Trump uh, uh, victory in this November, which is almost certain if Joe Biden is the nominee, I think any American who opposes that uh, should celebrate, uh, encourage, and inspire uh, an alternative that can actually win and lead our country in the way that people want. And I think anybody, including myself, should keep open minds and hearts about that. I hope Nikki Haley does. And uh, I think America could be very well served uh, by some type of a bipartisan ticket that restores faith in government and most importantly, demonstrates to the world, to the world, that America can work together and restore its extraordinary brand around the entire world. And that's my aspiration, Chad. There's no question that Americans have been dreading a Trump-Biden rematch for months. But with both men continuing to win caucuses and primaries, hope that a second or third option like Phillips, Haley, and Democrat-turned-independent RFK Jr. could swing the election is dwindling. Still, 2024 is just beginning, and there are lots of headlines to come. NBC News says to expect a, quote, bumper crop of third-party and independent presidential candidates. While their chances of actually winning the White House may be tiny, the likelihood of several extra candidates on the ballot could tip a close election. And these potential candidates could further complicate an already muddied picture of the divided American electorate. Experts have even described it as a haze over the political battlefield. As November nears, be sure to keep listening to On Deadline, where we give you the most important information you need to make your way through this haze and to make an informed decision when it's finally time to cast your ballot. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, and Myron Kaplan. I'm Lauren Berry. Thanks for listening to On Deadline. Odyssey serving of a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed.